Hey everybody, Legs Malone here. Thanks so much for tuning into this week's episode of Lunch with Legs. I am recording this the morning that we are going to be posting this, and it is a very balmy, oddly warm day here in Brooklyn. Yesterday was about 70 degrees, which uh, for late December in New York City is pretty damn odd. But for the record, I am not complaining. Who said global warming is a completely bad thing? <laughs> Sorry, a little dark humor there. But I uh, hope you guys are all doing well. I hope you guys have been enjoying the last few episodes that we've posted. This is a real labor of love, and we are learning as we move along. So please forgive any sound hiccups or anything that doesn't sound super spot on. We are still learning. We being my fantastic executive producer, Mr. David Lawrence Bird, and myself. Hey, I'm Lex Malone. This week's episode features the incredible Pearl Noir, one of the reigning queens of the neo-burlesque scene. And uh, I'm going to get a little bit deeper into her introduction in just a minute. But first, I wanted to let you guys know about a couple things. One, did you know that you too can sponsor and or advertise on the Lunch with Legs podcast? We have developed an entire sponsorship and advertising scheme. Uh, I have posted all of the um, links, all of the information on our blog. That's legsmalone.com backslash lunchwithlegs. You can find all of the information on there. And you can sponsor an episode for as little as $1 a pop. So really, there's no excuse not to give just a little something. And uh, Dave and I would greatly appreciate it as we have been racking up some expenses buying some equipment for the podcast. But again, hey, no pressure. Uh, But it is a perfect vehicle if you want to get word about a product you own or create out. Uh, Are you a burlesque performer? Do you have a show that you want to promote? Hey, there's room for everybody and we will listen to every single pitch that we can get. So again, please email us uh, if you are interested. That's lunchwithlegs at gmail dot com l u n c h w i t h l e g s at gmail dot com Secondly, we are now accepting reader mail. Do you guys like some of the podcasts you're hearing? Or better yet, do you have a suggestion for somebody who you think would make a fantastic interviewee on the Lunch With Legs podcast? If so, shoot us an email, lunchwithlegs at gmail.com. Let us know. And without further ado... I would love to welcome to the Lunch with Legs podcast the inimitable and very, very dear friend of mine, the beautiful Pearl Noir. You can check her out all over the world. She is known to tour quite frequently with the incredible Dita Von Teese, and uh, you can catch her all over the U.S. and absolutely internationally as well. I will be giving you her website and all that juicy info at the very end so you too can keep up with Pearl and her many beautiful movements throughout not only the world, but her own pretty spectacular life. She is, again, a very dear friend of mine, and we had had a whole powwow before this interview began, so we may or may not be a little tipsy on some Prosecco. (laughs) Just to let you know, I'm pretty sure that I say that within the first five minutes of the podcast because we're uncontrollably giggly. But uh, don't worry, the Prosecco giggles do fade when we start getting in to the realness. So without further ado, please welcome to the Lunch with Legs podcast, my dear friend, Pearl Noir. Lunch with Legs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the beautiful Pearl Noir to the Lunch with Legs podcast. Pearl, thank you so much for being here, my love. Thank you for being here, my darling. It's the least I could do in this incarnation with this body and soul that I have. And it is a pleasure for this body and soul to be sitting opposite you. Darling, the pleasure is always all mine. Thank you ever so. Oh, my goodness. Um, My dear listeners, you should know that Pearl and I have just consumed about two bottles of Prosecco. So we're a little giggly. But um, it promises to be a very fruitful and um, honest interview if I know the woman I'm speaking to. And you do. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I think this goes both ways. Yes. Um, so Pearl Noir, you have recently landed in New York City. Um, how is it going? How do you like living here? 
I have to say that this transition has been a very promising and fruitful one thus far. Mm. And according to my reading from a beautiful deity that I know, um, her name is Lex Malone. Um, <laughs> it's, uh, I see more opulence in my future. I see more uh, spiritual peace in my future. I see more love self-love and the love from others in my future all because I moved back here you know there comes a time in your life when you have to um, accept that you need to change something yeah. and sometimes that's inner and sometimes you need to up and move sometimes you need to uh, downgrade which is what I did by moving here mm -hmm. I left a beautiful condo to uh, live in a room but I must say that um it's been a very humbling experience mm. and one that was just really necessary for me at this mm. time in my life. Mm -mm -mm. Yes. Because you were coming from New Orleans. Uh, yes. Which is where you were raised. I was actually raised in California and Dallas. Oh, my bad. I thought no. for some reason. I, for some reason, I always think of you completely in tandem with mm -hmm. New Orleans. And everyone does. And that's because that's where Pearl Noir was born. Got it. So I've had a, um, about a decade in New Orleans. And I've met some of my soulmates there, um, some of the best women that I could have ever met. Um, and I've had so many cathartic experiences in New Orleans. And as I stated, pro-noir was born mm. in New Orleans after Hurricane Katrina. Not wow. Mm -hmm. So does Pearl noir the blessed persona performer, have an actual birth date? Because Legs Malone has an actual birth date. That I remember very clearly. I'm curious if you have one. She does not. Okay. Not that I not that I can remember. Um, but I also don't know how old she is. <laughs> no worries. I mean, according to according to the Legs Malone birthday, Legs is like seven. Oh, darling. <laughs> a very mature seven. It's, I'm, a, I'm a very mature seven year old. Darling. She's so mature. <laughs> oh, dear. I do what I can with what I got. What can I say? Well, that's a lot, honey. <laughs> And I have to say, I mean, I have never been to New Orleans. I daydream about going there. I have heard so much about it, and not only in the historical sense, but actual beautiful, wonderful people who are from there, who live there, who experience extraordinary things in their lives. New Orleans, to me, sounds like a very... Well, okay, for starters, it's a Scorpio city. I don't know if you know that. I had no idea. New Orleans, really? every city has a birth date. It's the date of incorporation. So, for instance, New York City is a cancer. Oh, that explains so much. It does, though. It really does. I mean, think about how many people move to New York City and say, I am a New Yorker. Mm -hmm. Because the cancerian energy... By the way, I should just say, people who are listening to the podcast, who have no idea who I am, who don't know me, I am very into astrology. I'm very into all things, quote unquote, new age. So I'm just going to take an astrological detour right now. Um, in talking about Cancerian energy, which is super tough shells mm -hmm. to protect the incredibly soft interior. Mm -hmm. And New York has that. It's got that tough exterior, but like once you live here, you never leave. Your soul never leaves. I know people who lived in New York for like two, three months Part of them is absolutely a New Yorker. Mm -hmm. And I'm just, I'm going to say on the record, I am so fucking happy that you finally came back to us. Oh, I remember you. when you were here years ago. Yes. And it was so special and so beautiful and so wonderful. And it was so sad for you to leave for me personally, but I know that you needed to. But all the better for you to come back. Yes. In such a, like, grounded, amazing, empowered place. I mean, you tour with Dita Von Teese. You tour, you perform more internationally than you do nationally, which is nothing to be sniffed at. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, yes. Thank you. I like to, um, sometimes when I do feel like bragging, and it's usually when I'm being silly with my friends, I like to say that I've had the pleasure of working with every queen in burlesque. <laughs> Darling. <laughs> And it's true. I mean, you have graced many stages with some of the most famous and accomplished burlesque performers performing today. I mean, not just Dita, but 
Dirty Martini. Catherine Delish. Catherine Delish. Modesty Blaze. Holy Moses. Modesty Blaze. Deville, whom I mm. just admire. She is mm. my all-time favorite. I admire Kitten Deville so much, not only because she's the embodiment of burlesque. I mean, she does mm-hmm. look like she just stepped out of another time. But what I love about her um, is her strength. Mm. And she's just so beautiful on stage obviously she's gorgeous but she's so beautiful to me because she's just on stage dancing without a prop Mm. without this huge spectacle other than her smile and body and just the joy that exudes from within that's the spectacle of kitten deville and it's so brilliant for me, a lot of people cannot touch her because she doesn't mm-hmm. need anything mm-hmm. but who she is, yeah. which is Kitten DeVille. The realness that is. The realness <laughs> that is Kitten DeVille, darling. Oh, my, oh my God. God. I have to say, the first time I ever saw Kitten was on the Burlesque Hall of Fame stage in 2008. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was when it was at that ratty playboy place the yes, that was my first called? time seeing her as well and it was amazing because i've heard about her for years mm-hmm. and she is the queen of, is she the queen of the quake queen of the quake yes she for anybody who's listening please do yourselves a favor go onto youtube do a search <laughs> for kitten deville she is extraordinary and in fact she was at the uh, Burley Con this past fall, yes, which is an amazing burlesque convention that happens in Seattle. I'm going to be doing an episode about it within the next month or so, FYI. Um, but apparently she was teaching there. I didn't get to make it to her shimmy class, mm-hmm. but she was like, oh yeah, all you have to do is this. And she was shimmy. People are like, how the fuck do you do that? You have something that we don't have. It's like true. An extra shimmy bone. <laughs> I love something. it. Well, all you have to do is this. All you have to do is this. Waka, waka, waka. She's just amazing. She is just amazing. As I, I've worked with a lot of queens, mm. but I, I, I definitely fancy her, and, and she knows it. I truly awesome. just love her and admire her work tremendously, immensely. She's just amazing. But so is everyone else. So is Dirty and Michelle Lamore and, and Catherine. And, of course, Dita has been nothing... Um, but a beautiful lady and friend to me. She has given me a lot of mm. great, great, great advice. And and Catherine Delish, I remember when I first worked with her and Immodesty Blaze. And Catherine, she probably doesn't even remember. She gave me some tips on, on positioning myself in different showgirl-style posing and helped me out with my fan work. And wow. I've been very, very fortunate. How amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, my God, from the mouth of the mistress. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Or whatever the female version of master is. I think it's mistress. Mistress just sounds so... I don't know. Is naughty the right word? It is naughty. It's like... It's, it sounds You naughty. always hear mistress in context with, like, men cheating on their wives. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. what is master... Mm. But, you know, in the um, sub and dom world, mistress is... The dominator. True. So that is true. You know. All right. Look at it in that. Thank way. you. Thank you for bringing that point up. You're 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 truly welcome. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad that I can be of service to you. Anytime, Pearl North. <laughs> Any motherfucking time. Darling, Trust me. Darling, darling. So, listeners, I don't know if you know this, but like, I'm crazy in love with Pearl, and we just love telling each other how much we love each other. So, it's true. I it, it is absolutely true, and I apologize if this um, descends into a cuddle fest. Um, at which point, tune in for the video interview <laughs> where yeah. you get to pay five dollars to watch me and Pearl oh, express our no, no, physical no. love for each other. Ninety-nine something. So only four ninety-nine. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> <laughs> only four ninety-nine. How about three easy installments of four ninety-nine? Three easy installments of four ninety-nine, and you can watch Pearl Noir and Let Malone cuddle, cuddle, snuggle like they're meant to. Soul snuggle. Soul snuggle. TM. Soul Ooh. snuggle. <laughs> oh my god. So, moving through the snow, soul, soul snuggle. My god. Soul snuggle. The Prosecco's getting to my mouth. Um, I want to find out about how did Pearl Noir come about? What? Tell me the Genesis tale mm. of the legend that is Pearl Noir. 
wow, let's, I'll try to give you the short version. Um, obviously, Pearl Noir, as I stated, was born in New Orleans, but, um, and that came after years of doing theater and musical theater and doing vaudeville burlesque um, in New York, actually, and Montreal. Mm -hmm. I was working on this show called Backstage at the Funky Bee, and um, it was this gritty musical. Um, the lady who produced it, her name is Alicia Miller, and she wanted to create an all-black burlesque vaudeville musical. Wow. And she wrote the music, and it had every genre of music. It had jazz, it had blues, it had rock. We had ballet, we had jazz, we had New Orleans-style jazz and a second line number. And so after I did that, um, I decided to audition for Rick DeLop's show, Bust Out Burlesque. Um, and it, it took some convincing, actually. I sent him my information a few times because um, I don't have the burlesque or pinup look. So he wasn't really sure, and um, I went to audition, and the choreographer fell in love with me, and she's actually the one who gave me the name Pearl Noir. Really? And I was actually sort of hoping that would happen. I guess you can say I've sort of manifested that, because that was one of the nicknames that was given to Josephine Baker. And I always had it in the back of my mind that I was eventually going to do a Josephine Baker tribute. Wow. So that's where the name comes from. But I've always um, been a little girl who used performing as a way to escape my own reality, as a way to create my own reality. And um, I had a hard time in school with bullies. I was severely bullied. But the mm. one thing that people always agreed, on, <laughs> agreed upon was that I was a great performer. Mm. So that's where Pearl Noir comes from. It was something that I manifested into existence. Wow. Mm -hmm. The rare gem of burlesque. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's, and I mean, I have to say one of the beautiful things about the burlesque scene is there are so many women and men and people of indeterminate gender yes. or fluid gender who have come up against such hideous bullying and, um, a lot of psychological violence early on, mm -hmm. especially because they had such I don't want to say fragility, but more like vulnerability um, when coming, when presenting themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, I certainly had, you know, I was made fun of. I, 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 I don't know if I was necessarily bullied, but I was super tall for my age. I was mm. very pale. I was very skinny. I was, I mean, I was definitely made fun of to the point of crying often. Um, and I, I, I realize now that looking back on kids who make fun of other kids and who bully and who beat up on other kids, it's because the kids that they're attacking have something that they themselves are terrified of and, or who they themselves have something that, you know, their parents or some other authority figure has shown them that it is punishment worthy mm -hmm. or, you know, deserves violence. It's nothing that, is worth celebrating. It's nothing that's worth embracing. It's nothing that's worth fostering mm -hmm. and growing, um, which is unfortunately the downfall of a lot of, you know, very creative types who can't get over that hump as it were, but you have clearly, you know, vaulted over that, you know, certainly now, I don't know what your process was leading up to this moment, but it was a very, very hard life growing up and I have never been shy to admit that I grew up poor um, uh, I grew up around alcoholism I crackheads came to my birthday parties wow. um, but I always I was always a dreamer and I always loved to dance and I'm not a trained dancer we couldn't afford it so I sort of taught myself I would watch PBS and the ballroom dancers that's actually was my aspiration in life was to be a black ballroom dancer because wow. I didn't see any on the television but um, I was raising my younger brother from the age of 15 and with ballroom dancing you either need to be able to afford the hundred dollars for 45 minutes or can afford an internship which Jesus, I could not. that's expensive. Yes it's very expensive. Fucking hell. It's very very expensive so uh, yeah I went through a lot. Uh, the kids the kids were very intense. I was just very different and I also think that um 
you know, we're taught at a young age that money is important. And if you have it, you have the upper hand. And I just didn't have the money. I mean, my only pair of shoes was my cheerleading shoes that my cheerleading coach purchased for me. Mm. And so they would bark at me every day when I walked down the hall. I was called ugly every day, mm-hmm. not only at school, but then I would go home and have to deal with the abuse I mean, and there were great moments. I also, I mean, I had my grandmother who took me in, but she also had me and about five other of my cousins. Oh my God. So, you know, a lot was going on, but I always had, um, dancing as a way to escape. So I, I feel very grateful for the arts. Mm. Mm-hmm. What a beautiful escape. My God. Yeah. I mean, I remember back when you were living here in New York. Um, I was working at this shitty costume bar. I remember that. <laughs> Rest in peace, shitty costume bar that will remain nameless. <laughs> um, but uh, I remember you coming in and you said that you were going to, you were going to a studio to audition to become like a salsa teacher. Or you were mm-hmm. becoming, you were taking classes. I was trying to sort of transition to do the salsa dancing slash. Um, slash uh, ballroom dancing mm-hmm. but again I, with that you have to be able to afford to work in the studio for free for at least eight hours a day damn and i just have not been in a position in my life to at this point i have never been in the position to be able to work eight hours for free right so that that did not pan out um but thank god uh i stumbled upon burlesque the oh God, dude, burlesque is so <laughs> fucking lucky to have you. No, fucking I'm, hell. No, I beg to differ. I'm lucky to have burlesque. And I, um, you know, just like with everything in my life, I've come against, not, not bullies, but people who don't think I'm good enough. I've always dealt with people who just don't think I'm good enough. Hmm. I'm just not pretty enough. I just don't have the right body. I'm just too dark. I'm not wide enough. These are things that I've actually heard. This isn't something that I'm making up. These are actual words that I've heard. And um, even in burlesque, I have to say, um, I've definitely heard you don't have the look. You know, or what you're doing is not burlesque. Um, but for the most part, that's like a small, small fraction of people so who are the crazy. naysayers, as you will. But I'm just so accustomed to fighting that, yeah. that it hasn't been able to break my spirit. Well, thank God for that. Mm-hmm. I mean... It's so funny, I mean, thinking about, like, what is burlesque? Like, okay, back in the 1940s, 1950s, fine. Like, yeah, burlesque was what it was back then, and it Mm -hmm. was very difficult to deviate out of that. I mean, that was still at a time... I mean, my God, some of the stories the legends tell, especially some of the black legends, who had to, you know, who were in a show but had to enter through the kitchen. Oh, yes, and or the yeah. stories of the black bands mm-hmm. that had to have a sheet dropped in front of them so they couldn't watch the white girl dance. Yeah, I mean that is. I, I, I mean, I just, I, I just, I can't. But it's, I can't believe that happened. But it, it did. It did, and and I have to say that. Um, I have to say that uh, one of my fears in the burlesque community is that that lesson hasn't been learned. Mm. I mean. Even today in 2013, if you ask anyone, a burlesque um, enthusiast or a burlesque performer or burlesque patron, their idea of a burlesque performer or a pinup model, they're never going to say a black or Hispanic or Asian woman. That's the reality um, that we're dealing with here. And, And I just can't even tell you how many times I've received hate mail or... Really? Yeah. You've gotten hate mail? I've gotten hate mail. Not as extreme as I want you to die, but to the effects of what you're doing is not burlesque. Especially my African queen act. Oh, good That Lord. Africa, and I quote, a lady said, and I quote, burlesque has nothing to do with Africa. And I politely informed her that when she looks at the old vintage clips and when she sees these beautiful blonde and beautiful buxom brunettes in an animal print beautiful costume or when they're trying to portray a beautiful Egyptian goddess Mm. I just want everyone to remember that Egypt is in fact in Africa so African culture has always been a part of burlesque Mm -hmm. and you can all quote me on that done and done 
I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not just gonna quit you on that. I'm gonna fucking tag you on that shit, darling. <laughs> always. They've always wow. played up the yeah. exotic creature, the exotic other, the the savage. Yeah. And no disrespect, but American and European culture is not exotic. So if they're portraying something that is exotic, that is, that's ethnic people. Mm-hmm. So ethnic African, Asian, Hispanic culture has always been a part of burlesque Mm -hmm. it may have not have been something that people talk about Mm -hmm. but it's always been there yeah absolutely no it's spot on belly dancing Mm -hmm. that's 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 ethnic yeah and the cultural appropriation thing i mean i know that's a very hot topic in burlesque right now very Um, hot topic um and it's I mean, it's a charged one, too, mm-hmm. because it's... I mean, I feel it's a topic absolutely worth talking about, especially in light of borrowing themes like, for instance, like Opium Dem or Geisha mm-hmm. or African mm-hmm. or, um, oh gosh, I'm like other terms are failing me right now. But it's more like, yeah, going into the Asian, the or African... The African. Um, I can't, or even actually, no, somebody I just saw online the other day, somebody calling out, there was an issue around cultural appropriation and somebody said something about, well, none of you are allowed to do any Carmen Miranda numbers then because that's a cultural appropriation from Spain. Well, or Hispanic culture, which is an absolutely valid point. That is a very valid point. Um, here's my opinion about that. I sincerely believe that the statement is true. Imitation is the sincerest form of flattery. I think as long as you acknowledge whom you're flattering, then it isn't disrespectful. Mm-hmm. For example, I <laughs> there's a whole, there's a, an obsession nowadays with ass mm. and twerking. Mm-hmm. Which I think is a beautiful thing for years. Ethnic women were scrutinized, made fun of for their voluptuous figure and their big ass and their big lips. And now it's celebrated, which I think is beautiful. I just hope that people, when they're taking these Asian themes or African themes or Spanish themes, that they just also respect where it comes from and acknowledge that they're paying tribute Mm -hmm. to another culture. I love burlesque and I am honest about the fact that I am imitating. Yes, there were ethnic women in burlesque, but the honest truth is that it was the Tempest Storms and the Lily St. Sears that I'm actually really paying tribute to because those are the people that they recognize people that anyone can recognize. Mm -hmm. So, if you're on stage twerking or moving your ass beautifully, I just want people who do that to respect and acknowledge that when they're doing that, they're borrowing from African mm-hmm. and Spanish culture. And and don't be so disrespectful to act as if you're not. Mm-hmm. I acknowledge that I am a part of, um, or I'm celebrating the work. As I say, I will always say, yes, there were the Tony Ellings and the Lottie bodies, but no one really knew about them. It was the Tempest storms. Yeah. So for me to sort of discard Tempest storm or Betty page and act like I'm only paying tribute when I'm on stage to Tony Elling is a fallacy and disrespectful because it was the blondes and the brunettes who made burlesque what it was. Mm hmm. Just like it was ethnic women who made the ass movement that you're emulating now. It, they, we, they, those women, because I'm not going to say me, because I do not have a lot of back. <laughs> <laughs> I skipped that. I didn't get that gene. You got a lot of front. I've got a lot of front, but, you know, I just, I'm, I'm very fascinated with the whole twerk nation, but no one is um, celebrating where that comes from. And some people yeah. even... I've even heard comments 
somewhere along the lines was well the classy way to twerk and then they show a white woman moving her her derriere and that's just so disrespectful twerking it okay a twerking is not classy twerking by design Mm -hmm. is not if you make your ass clap yes that is not that's assy that's not classy (laughs) and and I just want to say from a woman who grew up in the south that I may make some people upset, but I feel the need to let people know, just as people feel the need to let me know. I've had so many performers give me unsolicited advice, and I'm going to do the same. Unless I can hear this literally from your ass, (laughs) or derriere, excuse my French, your derriere, you're not clapping dear I just thought I would enlighten you thank you you're not you're moving your ass beautifully but you're not clapping (laughs) darling oh I, I appreciate that you say that so much because a I learned to twerk and I refuse to because I am just not built that way and there are women who are designed much better Mm -hmm. to do that sort of thing i'm going to surrender that to them it's fine i got plenty of stuff on my plate (laughs) or plenty yeah um but secondly the clapping is not to be believed it is when i will never forget going to the palomino in las vegas and watching one of the strippers one of the female strippers Mm -hmm. um going about her merry way (laughs) and not just clapping her ass, but clapping her heels, Mm -hmm. her acrylic, Mm -hmm. amazing stripper heels together. And it was like an audio orgasm. Like, I mean, it was, I mean, I identify as straight. I'm not gonna, I mean, like, I think women are gorgeous. I have never been with a woman, but I still think they're amazing. But at the same time, it's just like, holy shit that yeah that is special yes and and when it's done properly you can hear it over loud music yes yes you can exactly mm-hmm. yes so um and like i said i think it's great i mean i borrow when i'm doing my bumps and grinds i'm borrowing from the blondes and the brunettes of burlesque but i acknowledge that mm-hmm. and i and i my only problem is when people don't acknowledge. So if you're going to do a, and and if because I I'll be the first to say I love Asian culture. Mm-hmm. I had the luxury of being flown to Tokyo. Violet Ava um, had me in a review in Tokyo, and to date it was just one of the most cathartic I must say experiences because she took me to a lot of temples and in one of those temples I saw two real life geishas dancing and I have always loved geishas for what they stand for and and just the beautiful lost art that they're that they're preserving so I've done a geisha act and I understand that for some people that may be offensive but I acknowledge that I'm not an Asian but what I'm saying is that I am as an artist, I'm inspired mm. by these women mm-hmm. and the life that some of them have chosen and some of them have not. Mm-hmm. And just by their strength and beauty to just be walking and living, breathing art. And I acknowledge that. So I think as long as you, for me personally, and I know some people will disagree with me, mm-hmm. I think as long as you acknowledge and it, as long as it's not a satire, as long as you don't have, let's say a person is, you know, want a, uh, an, a Caucasian woman wants to do an African act. I think it's fine if she's there, you know, and trying to embody an, an voodoo priestess or whatnot. Mm-hmm. I say as long as she doesn't have a piece of chicken right. and white gloves and a watermelon with her, then... I don't think it's offensive. I think as long as it's not a satire and as long as you acknowledge that you're borrowing from someone, that you're paying tribute, then it isn't offensive to me. 
I only have a problem with people borrowing from different ethnic groups is when they claim it as their own mm-hmm. and put down where it, the origins mm-hmm. of the culture or the dance. As I was saying before, people putting down actual real twerkers. All right. Real girls who actually do twerk. Because I have to say, I, I don't think there is a burlesque performer that twerks. I think there are burlesque performers who move their ass beautifully, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I don't think they're twerking because I don't think their acts call for that, mm-hmm. the context of their acts. Because mm-hmm. if they were going to twerk, they would need to catch a wall. For those of you who don't know what that means, <laughs> it means you put your hands on the floor and you put your feet on top of a wall and move your... There, yeah. Yeah, you like spin your heels. Julie Atlas Muse does that. She started doing it a couple years ago. I remember seeing her at the old slipper room doing mm-hmm. that. And it was like, what the fuck is that? No, I can see a twerking oh at a slipper room. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Julie has one of the most bodacious bottoms mm-hmm. in burlesque. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have to say, um, shifting away from twerking and more into what we were talking about slightly earlier, I mean, with the cultural appropriation, something that, I mean, culturally, I do not understand why any white person would still get into blackface. It unf- I don't understand it's, why that still didn't happens. Did it happen this past? It happened Halloween? on Halloween. Like uh, several people across the. I know world, there was right? one well-known. I'm forgetting actress, her name. She's a blonde, right? an actress, and she went as Crazy Eyes mm. from Orange Is the New Black. That's right. That's what. It and was. it was like, are what? Like that? I, it blows my mind. That for me is on the level of like dressing up as a Nazi. You just don't, don't do, it. do it. That's what I mean about you just don't do it. When it becomes a satire, or it's just I think that's when it's crossing the line. Yeah. I think she could with have no been, respect. Yes, I think she could have easily pulled off crazy eyes without painting her face yeah. because that's such a popular character. Yeah. That's true. Just like in my opinion, as I said, when I did the Geisha act and did a Geisha inspired photo shoot, it was there wasn't any satire. I was seriously paying tribute to women that inspired me. Mm. I think as long as it's out of respect and it's done beautifully, yeah, I I think it's totally fine, and I feel confident in saying that because I am an, an ethnic woman. Yeah. So I have to say, some of the most empowering sort of flips on cultural appropriation have been black women who do blackface. Mm. Um, and I actually, I'm waiting to see somebody, a black person, man, woman, other gendered, do whiteface. Yeah. I have to say there's part of me that I just, I want to see that. Yeah. I mean, I pray that if that does come to the stage, that it is done in a very considered an educated way. So they're not just taking a swipe, but mm-hmm. it is actual commentary being presented. Because mm-hmm. I think that's one of the, that's one of the beautiful strengths of performance art. I mean, burlesque very easily blurs that line. It does. Where you present something and suddenly it slides into something the audience was not expecting. And that to me really speaks to the power of the art form. And I, I mean, I feel absolutely across the board burlesque now more than ever is its own medium. It's like painting. It's like sculpture. Because you cannot compare Picasso to Matisse. Mm-hmm. You cannot compare, you know, I don't know, um, Giotto or, uh, you know, one of, like, Tintoretto. You know, anybody from, like, you know, early, early Renaissance mm-hmm. all the way through to, you know, like, Dali. Like, I mean, it's it's... They're two completely, they're living at two completely different times, doing completely different things, but they are working within the same medium. And I think now more than ever, burlesque has really opened that up. And there's people of so many different backgrounds bringing in so many different things. Thank goodness. And thank God, because otherwise, burlesque would just (laughs) die. That's the sound of burlesque dying, by the way. Burlesque would die. And I have to say, Especially because there has been a lot of debates and issues with the cultural appropriation in burlesque. And my opinion is, you know, well, burlesque is already taboo and sort of has this stigma around it. And so we're already on, before we even 
step foot on stage, people, some people are already in defensive mode mm-hmm. because people are still, people still don't like the idea of seeing a woman on stage bearing her soul in the most intimate way. It's very threatening for some people. It's very threatening. So, and then to add, oh, you're white and you're doing an Asian act or you're Asian and you're doing a white act, Mm -hmm. which could very well for some people mean traditional bump and grind burlesque or maybe you're portraying some historical white woman. Mm. Where's the line really crossed? Mm -hmm. So it's just a matter of personal preference. Now, I have a question. I mean, that seems to me to be a very American paradigm. Do you mm-hmm. find it to be the same in Europe, where people are really tied to their ethnicities? And I don't. It's a lot freer. I don't, because when I do Josephine Baker overseas, it's I have such a warm welcome from everyone. When I put on... And I have to say, your Josephine Baker act is redonkulous. Thank you so much. I, that's the first time I ever saw you perform. Was it Vegas in 2008? Eight. Yeah, my God. That Yeah, that was... Yeah. <laughs> and Eight. I could not believe some of the moves you were doing. The fact... When you jump up and you touch your toes in a perfect side split, like... Thank you. What? Thank you. What? Yeah, I remember sitting in the audience being like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, <laughs> Thank you. good luck all the rest of the people in debut category. Oh, you're so you sweet. just got served. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's, I, I'm very grateful to Dolly Rivas for choreographing that act. Mm. Um, in America, I've had white, black, Hispanic, Asian um, patrons be very upset with that act. And I do understand because I'm portraying this savage once I put that banana skirt on. Right. I mean, I might as well have somebody carrying me with an that's in an ape suit. Um, and I've had other black burlesque performers, you know, tell me that they're not pleased with the fact that I'm paying tribute to Josephine Baker because they don't respect what she did. Really? Um, because, you know, she played up to the fantasy. She played uh-huh. up that savage fantasy. But what I remember and what I try to tell them is, but that was just a small portion of her life. Um, she played up a fantasy of a savage, but they also thought it was a very exotic and very beautiful savage fantasy mm. it wasn't this sort of satire that that she was dealing with in america mm. you know at the time when she was it was what was her option mm-hmm. be adored in france or go back to america and work the chitlin circuit and still go on stage in blackface i mean we're talking about a woman who went from performing in blackface to living in a castle so yes I respect her and I will always respect her and I will always pay tribute to her and the reason why I choose to do the banana skirt is because that is more people are more familiar with that like the iconography of it yeah because it's just such an iconic image Um, my actual original Josephine Baker tribute started out in a tuxedo but Mm. unfortunately most people if I showed up on stage in a tuxedo they would think Marlena and not Josephine Yeah. I had no idea Josephine did something in a tuxedo. She did something in a tuxedo. She was the first woman to do, um, before Marilyn did the Diamonds Are Girl's Best Friend with all of the men, Josephine Baker did that with all of the men in the tuxedos. She also had a birdcage act where she was dancing on point. I've heard about this. Mm -hmm. I've heard about that. Yeah, so I mean, I... So that's the thing, you know, even as a black woman paying tribute to another black woman, that is also very offensive to to some people. So the bottom line is, I feel like if your heart is in the right place, you know, you're not doing it as a satire. You know, you are inspired by this person or this culture and you're just sensitive to other people. But at the same time, you have to be true to yourself. Mm hmm. I think it's fine because the bottom line, what I've learned the hard way is that you, there's nothing you can do to please everyone. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you cannot change a person's mind. So absolutely not. Yeah. So one of my most, I'm known for the Josephine Baker act, but I get a lot of slack for it. Even in the black community. Wow. In the black burlesque community. I have supporters, but Mm -hmm. I also have people who do not support that act. 
I have to say, I mean, in, in a way, to me, to my white American mind, it does make sense. I mean, especially mm-hmm. with the banana skirt. Yeah, yeah. Because that, to me, it's like it automatically is that, like, gorilla connection. The gorilla connection. I mean, it all, I mean, to them, I might as well have on a watermelon skirt and dance with a piece of chicken. I'm... You know, I've always been very honest. I'm just being very yeah, honest no, I, right and now. God bless that. I'm, I'm actually thinking that there's... Um, <laughs> Some people will probably cringe when they hear this, but this is just how no, honest that's I fine. need to be. Fine, good. If you're cringing, just breathe. This is <laughs> These are your, your uh, what's it called, things within you getting challenged, and that's yes. a good thing. That but is I, a good but thing. But I, I don't think she represents a woman with a watermelon and chicken. She represents the only woman to speak at the March in Washington. Mm-hmm. She represents a woman who actually was James Bond, who actually wrote an invincible ink wow. on her music sheet. Going from country to country, darling. I didn't know that that story. That's who she was. Wow. Yes. Yes. Invisible ink on her mm-hmm. music sheet? Yeah, you know, she worked for the French Resistance. They used her to... to um, oh, shit. Yeah, she was... They used her as a way to sort of communicate to all the different sides because she oh was harboring all these different secrets. Oh my God, I had no idea. Who would idea. think to ask this entertainer? She's just a woman. How threatening could she be? Damn. Oh, this little dancer, this little black dancer from St. Louis. Oh, let her through. We don't need to check her. She's nobody. She's just an entertainer. Famous <laughs> of course last I admire words. her. Holy shit. Of course I admire her. Wow. She grew up poor. The way I did, she was called ugly all the time. The way I was, they made fun of her teeth. They called her buck tooth. She wasn't trained. Are you kidding me? Of course I admire her. Mm. My God. Mm-hmm. And just like her, you're taking over Europe. I do adore swoop. Europe. I do. I do. I do adore Europe. I can imagine. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Europe loves you too. I do get a lot of love there, more so than <laughs> in America. I, but really? that is, um, oh yeah, but, that's a damn crying shame. You know, when I perform in Europe, it's like <laughs> my poster is like life size on sides of buildings and in front of the theater. When I perform in headlining in America, sometimes my picture is even even used. Damn. Why do you think that is? Uh, because I'm not the ideal. Mm. I'm not the ideal. I um, I don't have conventional beauty. I don't have the pinup look. I don't have the pinup body. I don't move. Um, I'm no Tempest. I'm no Lily. I'm no Betty Page. And thank God. To you. They were enough. <laughs> They themselves were enough. It's- oh my goodness. But you know what? Last, two weeks ago, I was performing with Main Attraction at the Iowa Burlesque Festival. I was just thinking, because she does the Josephine Baker number. Yes, she does, and she is fierce. And Miss Tempest Storm was sitting side stage <gasps> while I performed my classic act with two bumps and grinds and hubcaps and taillights. And I finished my act, and Tempest Storm was clapping for me. Oh my and God. She, yes, I was like, oh my God, God just approved me. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Yeah, that's she's huge. Like G Queen. Still to date, you know. Yeah, um, she in a way, she's sort of the OD. She's the original she, diva. She's the original <laughs> diva. I freaking couldn't believe that Tempest Storm was clapping for me. And she told me she's like, You were wonderful. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. How special. But I, I wanna say on the record that I also had the same just immense joy when I received the same encouragement from Lottie the Body and Tony Elling. Just want to... Who are two very powerful yes, and special Yes, just want to go on record saying that. Those are amazing women. And for those of you who have no idea who these women are, Tony Elling and Lottie the Body were two very high-profile African-American burlesque performers who were toward the circuit and who saw some bullshit. Yes, they did. <laughs> as well as some beautiful things as well, but, man, they saw some goddamn bullshit. They did, and, and I have to say, um, you know, I've definitely had producers, you know, 
they've become frustrated with me a lot of times because I'm so matter of fact about what I want and mm-hmm. I'm so matter of fact when it comes to my contracts and what I need backstage. And it's not because I'm trying to be as people have made the, this word into a negative one and it should not be. They're actually misusing this word. But they call me a diva because I won't perform under certain conditions. And it's because I feel like I have a duty. It's mm-hmm. it's because so many performers before me went through so much. I don't want to take for granted what they sacrificed for me. Yeah. And I've always only asked for basic things. You, I got into it with a producer once because of water backstage. Water. 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 Then the thing, and then one time for heat. Now you want me to jump up and down, and but they don't understand what that requires. That requires me to stretch for two to four hours, and I need to be warm, and I need to hydrate, and I need to eat a certain amount before I go on, and I also need serenity and solitude Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. before. There's these are things that I need that you don't see. You just see the finished product. And a lot of times I think it's because most producers are not performers. So they don't understand what it entails. It's like jump, do it. Yes, and I'm and I just say to them, but it took you months to get to this moment for your show, right? People are only going to see the show, but they don't know how much time and effort it took you to get to this point. It's the same as with artists. Mm. It's the truth. No, totally, totally. My gosh. Um, this These are is, things you did, have never heard. No, it, it, it's, it's, it's so edifying to hear them. Cool, I don't talk about these things because there's no need to. Right. But it's important stuff to know. I mean, especially yeah. as burlesque, be, you know, continues to rise mm-hmm. in the public eye and yeah. more and more people who may not have any sense of what it's like. You know, they may be used to producing entertainment shows, cabaret shows, where mm-hmm. people need to warm up their voices but then say if they need to be doing leaping splits during their act, yeah, there's certain things that need to happen beforehand, you know, mm-hmm. both on site and off. It's true. It's true. But yeah, my God. So speaking of what's coming up for you, mm-hmm. we're recording this in the waning days of December 2013. It's true. I can't believe 2014's around the corner. Whoa. Um, what does Pearl Noir have to look forward to? Not just in the remaining days of 2013, mm-hmm. but as 2014 approaches? Well, I am very pleased about living here in New York. One of the reasons I moved back... I am too, for the record. Thank you. <laughs> is that I, you know, I was having... I lived a very glamorous life of solitude, so I'm very pleased to say that I have a lot of local shows coming up, and I'm very Great. fortunate for those. Um, but also in the new year, I'm going to headline the Helsinki Burlesque <gasps> Festival. No way! Yes. Oh my yes. god! Yes. And I've been emailing them for years. Wow! Persistence is key, girls and boys. It's persistence is key. Wow. Keep on emailing these people. Yeah, the Helsinki Burlesque Festival is ain't nothing to fuck with. Yeah, I'm, going, I'm going to <laughs> Finland, darling. And I'm really elated about that. And then I'm going to my hometown, Dallas, with Coco Electric. Oh my God. <laughs> Another Dallas one Burlesque of my Fest. favorite ladies I in Burlesque. I can't wait. I can't wait. And then I'm going to Austin. And um, <sighs> I... And then I, I'm trying to debate whether or not I would like to try to compete at Behoff again and do my classic... Quote unquote, I call it my quote unquote classic because I happen to believe that my African acts are classic. Agreed. But, but I'm, Agreed. I'm on the record, my, I agree. Thank you. But You're I'm going to do my, my, let's call it my shoes. <laughs> 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 okay, for those of you who are listening who have no idea what she's talking about, there is a whole backstory here. Um, just so you all know, in burlesque, especially in the classic uh, burlesque strain, uh, of, you know, of the golden age of burlesque, as well as some of the more prominent members of the neo-burlesque scene, shoes are incredibly important. And it's incredibly important that if you remove your shoes to remove a stocking, that the shoes go back on. And mm-hmm. in fact, at Behoff, which is short for the Burlesque Hall of Fame weekend, 
during that weekend, there is a huge competition, and I'm going to actually be going to be doing an episode about this coming up soon, um, or it, maybe I will. I know I doubt it will have aired before this interview, um, but it is the equivalent of Miss Universe, Miss Earth, you name it, <laughs> you name it. It is the everything of burlesque, and I personally find competition problematic, but mm-hmm. it is what it is. And there are judges with said competition and said judges have been known. It, they, the judges change every single year, but pretty consistently what I've heard is people get points off mm-hmm. if they remove their shoes and they do not put them back on. So FYI, nascent burlesque connoisseurs, just FYI. But I just want to, I just want to add this, um, I always tell people when they ask me about going barefoot, I think that it is okay if it makes sense. Now, if you're doing a fan dance, you have a gown on, it's a bump and grind number, it would not make sense for you to be barefoot. Correct. But if you're doing some ethnic act or doing gymnastics or contortion work or aerial work, I think it makes sense because you can hurt yourself, Yeah. which I actually did. I pulled my groin muscle the only time I Yikes. did my Josephine Baker act in heels. Um, And I also always tell these people, but when I was doing research, I saw that Lily St. Cyr had several numbers without her heels. That is absolutely true. And um, I don't, I think it's safe to say that she was in fact a burlesque queen. Yeah, one of the (laughs) grandest. I mean, she had, again, listeners, I implore you to go onto YouTube and not just search for everything we've spoken about already, but look up, in particular, Lily St. Cyr. Mm-hmm. Um, I think she is the person that Dita is styling oh herself Oh, my after. God. The sets. As far as, like, Dita's sets and whatnot. Oh, the absolutely. Arguments. There's two two of Lily St. Cyr's acts that I've seen. And I have to say, just a little side note before I get into the acts. Um, so in England, there's a surname which looks like St. John, but it's mm-hmm. pronounced Sinjin. And I'm really curious if Lily St. Cyr in that same British sense, is meant to be pronounced at least sincere. I bet it's sincere. Just, it's a thought that I've had I for a long time. I've always heard sincere. people say Saint Seer, but I really feel it's sincere in that Sinjin, sincere. Anyway, so going back to her scenes, Lily Sincere or Saint Seer, however you want to say it, had incredibly, incredibly elaborate mm-hmm. sets on stage. She does That's one where she opulent. is this amazing bath number Mm -hmm. where she's bathing and she has women attending to her on stage. And there's another one where she's on a bed on a phone call. Have you seen that that one? one. (gasps) Oh my God, please people listening, take some time and don't worry. It's not safe for work. Just because she's taking off her clothes does not mean you will see anything. And that for me is like the highest success of a great burlesque number Mm -hmm. is where you get totally naked and nobody sees squat. Mm -hmm. And Lily Sincere nails that shit to the wall. She does. In my humble opinion. She does. She does. I'm going to have to send you the one where she's barefoot and she's doing this sort of snake charming style movement on an ottoman. Yeah, in fact, send it to me, and I will also include it in the liner notes mm-hmm. for this podcast so that yeah. when people go on, they can watch the video. Yeah. I've been thinking about recreating that and having it on the projection <sighs> and doing all of her movements at the same time. Wow. That would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I just had a little hiccup. <laughs> that Prosecco got to me. Um, that sounds incredible. You should absolutely do that. And I just want, on the record, I want to encourage you to apply again. I know competitions are bullshit, especially within burlesque. They're problematic. They serve a purpose. I don't know what that purpose is, but you deserve to be crowned one of these days. I will say that for the world, both burlesque and non-burlesque, to be heard. Well, I call myself the people's choice. (laughs) (laughs) Bernard, the people's choice? Bernard, the people's choice. Darling. Oh my god, That's, that, that sounds straight up corn fed to my ears. <laughs> I'm the people's choice. You are though, I have to say, you are, You. I mean, you are such an incredible performer. Thank like, you, so are you, I love so, watching you on stage. Thank you, I have yet to set foot on that massive Vegas stage one of these years. 
One of these years. It's going to happen. Just bring your rosin. Come, yes. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, no, seriously. Absolutely. I'm going to fucking rosin the shit out of my shoes. If and when I get onto oh, that we'll stage. Oh, you'll get beautiful creature. One year, from your mouth to God's ear. I want you to do that mermaid one, but I want you to wear a, an Alston's Thomas. Oh, dude, I will happily wear an Alston Stefanis creation. For anybody who's listening who cares to, again, hop onto YouTube and cross-reference all this, Alston Stefanis is this brilliant Indonesian creative genius who actually just designed the headdress for the Indo- it's the Miss Earth competition mm-hmm. and Miss Indonesia darling. and Miss Indonesia she she and he was just featured in Italian Vogue darling so of course homeboy knows what he's yeah. doing oh, oh you weren't no <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh you were just featured in an internet blog oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I would happily do my mermaid number oh my God, with an Alston Stefanis uh, headdress. Alston, if you're listening. Alston. My email is lunchwithlegs at gmail.com. <laughs> um, but anyway, just before we close, we're just at about an hour. Um, where can people find you physically mm-hmm. and then also on the interwebs? You can physically find me in your dreams. When you close your eyes and you go to sleep, (laughs) of me, your pearl goddess, wrapped around you, giving you sweet kisses. Uh, Oh, oh, oh my. And then when you wake up from that beautiful (laughs) dream, I want you to find me on Instagram. (laughs) M-S-P-E-R-L-E-N-O-I-R-E. And if that doesn't tickle your fancy, <laughs> ooh, what's this? Twitter too. <laughs> M-S-P-E-R-L-E-N-O-I-R-E. Oh, you don't like Twitter? <laughs> well, what about Facebook? <laughs> you can find me on there too. Pearl Noir Facebook fan page. Or you can buy my merchandise on my website. Yes. If you'd like to really have me all over you, darling. Oh my God, what's your merchandise? I have keychains for you. I have t-shirts that what? say they're just breast. I also have what? these t-shirts that have me as a pinup. Thank you very much. That's oh happening. Pronoirburlesque.biz. P-E-R-L-E. N-O-I-R-E. B U R L E S Q U E dot B I Z. I feel like I should sing a jingle. I'm gonna sing a jingle about being her noir. I'm gonna sing a jingle about being noir. Da 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 da. It's a jingle in your motherfucking earballs. <laughs> Oh my God, Pearl Noir, I love you. You not not only do you crack me the fuck up, but you have such a special place in my heart. Thank Darling, you Thank so you. much for being here tonight, for singing, for pimping, for explaining, for enlightening everything. So if people want to find you. PearlNoirBurlesque.biz yes. is your website. That's my website. And then my contact information is on there. The Instagram, the Facebook, mm-hmm. the Twitter, anything else? Tumblr, Pinterest. I'm. I don't feel like tumbling just yet, <laughs> and I'm not really into pins, but that may come later. Right on. The internet, thank God, is not going anywhere. I don't think it is. So I don't think it is. Thank you. There's time. Thank you so much for having me, darling. Absolutely, honey. I look forward to having you back again soon. Thank you. And I have to say, do you have any parting words of wisdom for our dear listeners before we segue into the outro? I do. I just want to say that in this life, you're going to make mistakes. But the important thing is to learn and to grow from them. And if you're going to be an artist, be conscious, be sensitive, but be true to yourself. And if you're going to be in show business, you need to think about the key thing in show business. And that's business, baby. Mm -hmm. Don't be afraid to be strong. 
people will not like it, especially when you're a woman. When you're a man and you're strong, people don't think anything of it. You can even be an a-hole and they'll still respect you. So just come to terms that people will not like you. They'll call you all kind of names when you're strong, but you must, oh, you must keep the business in show business, darling. And that is my pearl of wisdom for the evening. Thank you so much, Pearl. Thank you, darling. What a beautiful way to end the podcast. Oh, darling. Thank you again so much for being here tonight. I adore you. I love you. I love you. Hey, everybody. Hope you enjoyed this week's episode featuring the beautiful Pearl Noir. If you want to check out Pearl's website online, please go visit her website, pearlnoirburlesque.biz, and Pearl Noir is spelled P-E-R-L-E-N-O-I-R-E, burlesque.biz. You can read all about her, take in some of her incredible videos, and uh, by all means, go on YouTube, do a Google search for her. You will not be sorry. (laughs) Pearl is not only beautiful on the heart, but she's very kind on the eyes, too. Anyway, hope you guys are all well and warm and healthy in all of your many corners of the world. And I wish you all a fabulous Christmas holiday. And I look forward to bringing you a fresh new episode next week. Take care, everybody. Be well. Lots of love. <laughs>